Welcome to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast with me, Sarah Jolly Jarvis. I'm here to share with you real life stories from high performing salespeople and business owners, as well as my own insights and learnings around what's working well right now in the sales world. Telling things like it is without the sleeves. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. You have me, your host, Sarah Jolly Jarvis, and today I am talking about making it as easy as possible for your customer to buy from you, so not getting in the way of your own sale. Now, I was on internet shopping recently, as has most of the rest of the world, um, shopping for Christmas gifts. How many times have you been on um, and gone through the shopping process? You've decided what you want. And then you've got to the payment element and you don't have your card with you. And then to top that off, how many of you then don't go back to that purchase and actually buy it? You were in the moment, you were convinced this was a good idea and then you had a block. It was a pain to have to, you know, get up and get the card or you weren't with the payment information at the time or um, like me, um, you know, you're, you're busy doing something else, you're busy feeding or you're just lying in bed looking through the internet and you don't want to get up and go and get that card and so that's it that sale is lost because you didn't have that option available for the customer to pay using information that was already stored on their computer for whatever reason I found a few websites recently where it doesn't seem to my automatic sort of um, population doesn't seem to pick it up as a payment time or you don't have something like apple pay pay uh, or amazon pay available and so you're not able to make that payment quickly and and the, the the irony there is is that had they not done that had that barrier not come up they would have got your sale you were convinced you were home and dry you know you were willing to part with your money at the final step it went wrong and because that buying mode was disrupted you know, you no longer decide that you actually want that purchase. And, you know, that's not uncommon. You know, abandoned um, cart sequences are things that businesses are doing on a regular basis where I've done it with sales and things like that, where you kind of go through and you're kind of half-heartedly. But when it comes to the crunch time, you decide not to bother or you decide to think about it. That's very different, though, to not having the, the the money there. You know, it's a case of when you've gone through the process, but you've decided to, to sit on it and think about it, is you're not convinced you're not 100% behind that purchase so you know you can help them there is ways to help people feel more convinced um you know to usher them along with you know a deadline having uh testimonials or information on that page yes this goes for service as well as product-based sales the example that I was giving was a retail-based example but actually you know this is as as common in the service sector and as such a similar problem just comes about in um, a different way you are not making it easy for your customer to buy from you if there's a barrier in place if there's a struggle if there's something they have to fill out if there's an effort put in then you know that can be that that straw that broke the camel's back as it were that can be the thing that makes them think oh you know what sod it i'm not going to bother with this purchase so it's super important to make it as easy as possible for your customer to buy from you at this time of year just to go into you know we're talking christmas here 
you know, you are bustling uh, with other people. You are having to make an effort to get that person's attention, to get that purchase, to get that interest in the first place, particularly if you're in retail. Yes, this is the time to shine. This is the time to make the money, um, make hay whilst the sun shines, yada, yada, all those sorts of ideas around Christmas or on these busy times for purchasing. But actually, it is also the most competitive. And so you need to bear that in mind that, you know, you've made this effort, you've got this person to this place, you need to make it as easy as possible. Because if you don't make it easy, they will take their interest and their money elsewhere. Lots of retail examples there. But, you know, at the moment, <laughs> there's a lot of retail examples because I'm people are spending a lot of time. I'm very aware of spending a lot of time in that retail sales process. And so that's where my inspiration is coming from. But to go back to the service side of things, you know, there's there's major blunders that you see on a regular basis, a lack of clarity, for example, when it comes to service-based options on, you know, what you actually offer and how people can access your skills. So these people, they've been on your radar, they've got to know, like, trust you. It's come to the crunch and they haven't been in a position where they've felt able to actually purchase from you. Why haven't they felt able to purchase from you? Because you haven't made it as easy as possible. I remember working with clients when they would have groups and they, you know these people in the groups were, were direct messaging them wanting to know how can I work with you what do you offer because you know you'd really tick the boxes they really felt like you had a solution for them they had found that they had a solution you didn't even have to spoon feed them that and then actually there wasn't the clarity there in a group for example you can have a section in the units so you can create units within a group and you can have a unit of work with me and you can have information in there, all the information in there, all the posts that you've done about how they can work with you, what services you offer, what packages you offer for them to use. Equally, you've got other ways, you know, people going to your website, making it clear, very easy to navigate and find out how to work with you. Lots of people do very elongated landing pages or sales pages in talking about things providing testimonials but there's one buy now button and it's right at the bottom and these people have to scroll through and and it sounds bad but that people are so I guess fickle it matters the, the amount of time uh, resource that they have to put into this it matters how much scrolling they have to do they they lose that energy and that's the thing is, is you need to think about the sales process as an energy and that person is bought in they're enthusiastic they've got that energy they want to buy from you now and that as time goes on that energy dwindles and as that energy dwindles that person's in a less and less position where they want to buy from you to the point where they're just like oh you know what I've had enough I'm out of here and so you need to keep that momentum going that's why it's really important it's really really important to follow up and follow up in a short period of time. If you leave somebody for a week, for two weeks, to think about it, if somebody needs to think about something for two weeks, guess what? They're probably not very convinced. So actually, what you needed to do was get information in front of them to make them convinced, to help them get over that line, and feel that you are the right decision to make. Provide that that clarity on what you've got to offer and make it very easy for them to press that button and purchase. If they want to, if, if it's a situation where actually they need to have a conversation with you, so thinking about service-based offers offerings again, you might have to go to a call. So if you're looking at a higher price ticket, 
the expectation is, is that they would have a call with you. If it's a lower price ticket or, you know, you're new to market, you don't have the reputation, then, you know, getting somebody to go to a landing page to purchase a digital product training or whatever they're not going to be clicking that buy now button if they there isn't that social proof of you there you're going to have to get on that call as time goes on you're in a position where they will feel more committed they will feel more certain that you are the right decision and so they won't need that time with you they will just go off that no like trust that they've already built in you and the information provided on the landing page it's figuring out where your ideal customer is at and you know I'll come on to that later on in the podcast but it's it's really important with all these stages to think where is my ideal customer at what do they know about me what don't they know about me how busy is their life right now I mentioned before about Apple Pay PayPal or Amazon Pay if your ideal customer doesn't frequent Amazon for whatever reason then you're not going to, you know, for example, actually, I've got an example for that is, you know, they're very into buying local. So one of your, you know, key USPs is it's you're a small business. Um, they're buying local. They're buying very unique products. Then Amazon Pay isn't going to be overly helpful for them because they're not going to have Amazon set up on their phone. So if they're not set up, if they're not set up on their phone or, or their computer, if it's not set up, then what's the point in offering it? You know, equally, they might be really into Apple Pay for whatever reason. Um, they're real Apple users, your ideal customer. And so in that case, you know, you would be straight to um, providing Apple Pay. Equally, PayPal, if they're of that generation that uses PayPal, then yeah, brilliant, get on it. So you know, it's figuring out where your ideal customer's at and then making sure that you make it as easy as possible for them to go down that that sales process with you, bearing in mind all the tweaks and, and the changes you might want to make based on their needs and based on their interests. So basically, you know, you're looking at making it as simple as possible to go, yes, I'm committed and I'm buying. Another thing that I wanted to touch on was too much choice. People love to provide where you can work with me in this way or that way or the other way. This comes in blue, pink, white, purple, large, small. The choices go on and on. The more choice that somebody has, I remember with a a client that we had and they provided two days. There was an option of two different free events and the amount of people bouncing off that landing page because they couldn't make a decision between those two dates was insane. I can't remember the figures now, but they were high and not surprisingly, we took off that option. We gave them one day and the conversion went up. Giving people a choice can be a really, really bad move, particularly early on in that in that process. They just, you just need the commitment. Too much choice. Think Audi. Yeah. You go into Audi, you want a tomato, there's a tomato. You want some plain biscuits, there's some plain biscuits. They don't do them in different shapes and sizes. They don't do them in different pack sizes. It's like, this is it. So think like Audi. <laughs> is, <laughs> is my, uh, is you know, is my suggestion for that one is how basic can we make it? Keep the choices as simple as possible. And remember, you are the expert. So guide them through that process. You know, I've seen flowcharts work really well 
where, you know, they've asked you a question, yes, no, right, well, then you want this. Um, that can work really, really well. Obviously, in person, it would be advising them. And there's nothing wrong with, oh, well, I haven't really gotten an offering per se. Um, you can talk about outcomes, and it's really important that you are selling the outcomes features fine yeah lovely but what does that mean to your ideal customer so make it clear with this package you get this outcome if you're insistent on packages keep them as simple as possible keep them as few as possible but provide the outcome if you use this this will be the outcome if we do this this will be the outcome okay yeah features are wonderful but people don't buy features they buy the outcome they buy the benefit Okay, remember you are that expert. So guide that customer through that process. There's lots and lots of information online. Sales has changed. Sales used to be you holding the information and that customer coming to you and you imparting that information on them um, or imparting the bits that you want to and leaving out the rest. And that's where the whole sleazy used car salesman came from. Whereas now information on cars is all online as some of you may have seen, who uh, know is in the, in the Facebook world, uh, Martin put out a post, he's just bought a Tesla. That purchase of a Tesla was purely online, was purely from the sales pages. Have we been and test-driven one in the past? Yes, we have. But the actual purchase, the information was available online. We sorted through the information and then, you know, you go onto their website and from there, you can you can do that buying process. There was no person required for that because we felt confident, because we'd, we'd done the information and the seeking in the past. And that's where your customer's at. A lot of information is available online. When they come to you, they come to you for clarity. So give them that. Make it as easy as possible for them to, to buy from you and, and to buy confidently from you. Because a confident customer, somebody who's confident they've made the right decision is much much easier than somebody who feels potentially hoodwinked or not so confident that they have made the right choice so i wanted to share with you some tips to make it easy how to make it easy for your customer to buy from you have your links on your social you've put out amazing pictures on instagram of some really great products that you've produced if there's no link in the bio or if there's no information in the post to say links in the bio where are they going to go? What are they supposed to do? If they have to research for themselves, you are looking at somebody who is really, you know, committed. They're going to be a really hot lead. The amount of people you're going to lose because you didn't make it as easy as possible because you didn't put that link in the bios. So make sure you do that. Call to action on your emails and on your posts. So, you know, go here, do that. Instruct them. Be assertive. Be clear on what they need to do next. Because obviously people seem to think, oh, that might be pushy. You could think of it as pushy, but you could think of it as that if that person is really interested, then why make it any harder for them to buy from you? And that's the thing that the difference between pushy and, and being helpful is, you know, your mindset on it and the way that you approach it. Pushy is when you're in their faces constantly. You know, they're not interested. I liken it to making eye contact across a room and it's like, and then that person coming across and proposing, you know, it's too much, but if that person has made more than eye contact, if they've engaged in your videos, if they've, you know, liked stuff, if they've gone to your landing page, if they've gone to your website and they've clicked on the buy it now, that is not somebody who's just made a little bit of eye contact. That is somebody who is really, really interested, particularly if you've already displayed your prices. There's no hiding there. 
this is going to cost you this much. They are still interested. They are still going through to the buyer. Now, they are a warm lead. And so there is nothing wrong with making it as easy as possible for them to find you again. Retargeting ads. I'm a massive fan of retargeting ads. And, you know, we do loads of different complex retargeting ads within the agency. You know, it helps that person to get to know, like, trust you more. It helps that person to be able to find you again. What was that website? Hmm. I'm after a pair of boots. And I was looking at the stockists. Can I remember the name of the stockist? No. Can I remember the name of the boots? Yes, I can. Am I going to have to go flicking through my phone because they haven't put any retargeting in front of me? Yes, I am. Is that irritating? Yes. Am I likely to find another stockist and actually go to one of their competition? Probably, yeah, because I don't remember their name. So I'm just going to, I'm going to Google that brand of boot and then I'm going to see what the stockists come up. So there you go. Um, Anyway, back to my easy tips. With retail, a simple checkout process, too much checkout or a complication at checkout. Again, working with somebody historically who went through to a checkout page where all of a sudden it went from so much per month to actually stating that you were signing up for a three-year commitment and that price per month was over those three years. That massive commitment is much, much greater than that small amount that you were talking about. Yes, you need to give them clarity before obviously they they sign up, but you should have done it sooner. It should have been X amount over three years, which breaks down to people which are switched off by that. They're switched off by that. Don't trick them because people can feel really tricked and it can totally shake them as it were as far as their trust and use concerned because they feel like they've been hoodwinked into getting through to that buying it now page they're hovering over the buy and then they see that actually they're signing up for this huge commitment when actually you'd marketed it as a small one so make it simple don't put last minute bits of information in there make sure your website is quick to load but the vast majority of people are buying online. The internet is a very busy place. If your website is slow to load, then people are going to go elsewhere. Make sure loading times and, you know, get other people to check it for you. Clarity on your pricing. I've touched on this already, but make it really, really clear. How much is this? Okay. You are going to put off some people by that. For the vast majority of people, they're making quicker purchases. They want to know the key facts. They want to know the benefits. They want to know the delivery time. They want clarity on that pricing. So make sure that you've got that clarity. Make really, really clear on what that involves, what the benefit is, what the outcome they are buying into. As ever, you need to think about your ideal customer. I've got three, four questions on for you on your ideal customer. What do they want? What don't they want? How do they like to buy? And when do they like to buy? These are key questions that if you can get out there, and respond to and tailor your buying experience to, it will make a really big difference to them. What do they want? What are they after? Are they after a quick present? Are they after a long-term commitment? Are they after a life coach? What are they looking for? And why, you know, what's that motivation? What's what's making them want to do that right now? What don't they want? Do they, they don't want all these fancy gimmicks? I've got this thing about, um, ads which come up on my Facebook feed. I spend a lot of time on Facebook, obviously. If I go on to it and they've got that really weird spinning wheel of, oh, buy one, buy, buy one, get one free or 10% off or anything like that, I click off straight away. I do not like those websites. I do not like it, those landing pages because I just feel like it's not a proper business. It's like, a, you know, stack them high, sell them cheap. And 
my experience of landing on those pages and purchasing from those pages has been that um, the quality is not there and they are absolutely impossible to get hold of to get any sort of refund or anything because product comes it's not even branded I can't find them again on the website I'm checking my payment documents and I'm finding that actually my bank account says some weird obscure thing that seems to go into some black hole of information and there is no product or business there behind it so if they haven't got a true brand behind it I'm not interested in buying it unless of course it's you know it's tiny amounts of money where it wouldn't matter how do they like to buy? Do they like to buy online? Are they are big fans of the, the big payment uh, gateways or do they like to keep it more personal? And when do they like to buy? Are they buying of an evening? Are they likely to be lying in bed doing it? In which case you need to be able to populate your card details without having to get out of bed and get them. Are they very last minute.com buying things, you know, the day before, in which case, you know, Christmas Eve, you want to be providing things that they can purchase and in gift still. So that's when your gift vouchers come into play. You know, think about who your ideal customer is right now. Potentially is different from this time of year to other times of year, particularly retail if you're gifting. If it's something that could be gifted, it's somebody buying for your ideal customer. And so who is that person? Who is your ideal gifting customer right now? And and how do they buy? Tick those boxes, answer those questions, and you will go a long way to providing a more succinct and a better experience for your ideal customer to purchase from you. And, and you will generate more sales. On that note, guys, I'm going to leave you to it. I look forward to speaking to you again next week. Bye for now. Happy selling. Thanks for listening to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening from to leave us a review. It's a good way for us to know what you like so we can create more of it.